0: Occasionally, we sort of wonder about something, uh, and that's an instantaneous way to get uh, someone, I don't want to call them know-it-alls, but let's just call it people of knowledge to get them to put that answer in the YouTube chat. People know. Like, when we don't know something, somebody else does.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the PC Perspective podcast. We are at episode 757. This is being recorded on January 24, 2024. I'm Sebastian Peak.
2: Apparently, I'm Jeremy Raphael
3: Elstrom. The uh, 757 was kind of considered the uh, the sports car of the sky. Uh, it had a lot of the same performances. Oopsie. Some of the larger aircraft, uh, but it was, you know, a much lighter weight. I mean, it had a really amazing uh, climb rate for the time. Uh, you know, it was really overpowered, but... Uh, you know, it was, was kind of like a Cadillac when you're you were in there for the first time. Is, you know, flying on seven twenty sevens, and then hopping on a seven fifty seven. It was it was mind bogglingly nice. But I'm Josh
0: Walrath. I'm going to publish this podcast on time, and the drink service will be around soon. I'm Brett Van Sproonburg. We need it. Desperately. But
2: the nice thing about the 727 was that the uh, front wheels weren't uh, detachable.
1: The door plug stay in. For no, it was the, the so.
3: no, it was 757. No, the 750. Yeah, I heard about the the, the, seven, the Delta 757 that had the yeah front wheel fall off after mm-hmm. takeoff. So takeoff, many things mean. in
0: life are detachable.
3: Thank you, King. There's muscle. a song about that, but let's not go
1: there. Mm-hmm. No,
0: what we should no. do is briefly
1: mention that we have a patreon account patreon.com slash pcper you can uh, support the site keep us going and uh be like is this just a is this a
0: typo or does somebody actually call themselves space my name it is so not a typo and in fact if you actually were paying super close attention to last week's youtube chat space my name was live and in charge well he's not in charge but he was definitely in the show uh and he's a real person she he could be she right Let's look at the demographic. We don't have to go again. there. We'll check back. Yeah, on we don't that. have to go there. Okay, you always do. Could, it's definitely a person. To. Yeah, person. Space my name. Definitely. Thank you yeah. for keeping the show rolling, 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 just like the front landing gear of a seven fifty seven. Beautiful,
1: Josh. It's time. Are you ready? It is time for I... food with Josh.
3: Yeah. So uh, this is unfortunately going off the menu soon. So I had to get it before it is gone. It's called the Dirty Joe. It's kind of, I don't know, I think it's named after his dad. It doesn't look like much, but let me tell you, it's something. First of all, it's a smash patty, smash patty on top of onions. And then it is coated in a tremendous amount of bacon and uh, fire roasted hatch green chilies. And on top of that are a couple of slices of ham covered, covered, smothered, if you will, in queso. Yeah, and then uh, you've got the buns. And it's really hard to eat it with your hands, so you had to get out the fork and knife. And let me tell you, you should probably catch this one before it goes away because it is fantastic. I uh, Yeah, yeah, i will be sad when it leaves. It took me a while to, to find this one. Even though I looked at it, I didn't thought it was appealing. It didn't sound appealing. And I was like, you know what, it's, I'm going to go crazy today. I'm going to give it a shot. And they did, and it's was mind-bogglingly good. So, again, I, uh, I'm i uh, not hungry for a long time because that was a lot of food.
1: Moving to our first story. It's not really a news story so much as it is a review, a launch review. Now, the GeForce RTX 4070 Super... We talked about it last week. Well, this week we're back to talk about the 4070 Ti Super. The first mm. card in NVIDIA's history to be both a Ti and a Super at the same time. So that alone is quite an mm. accomplishment. Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> and they missed a way of putting it into superiority, but
1: that's just mm. So, the big story is, of course, the fact that it is the same price as the card which it replaces. The original 4070 Ti is no more. Tell that to the uh, retail channel. But the 4070 Ti Super at the same $799 US dollar price point moves off of 8104 and onto 8103. So, it has Ooh. a lot more in common with the 4080 than the 4070 now, though, of course, it is cut down. You have twenty four fewer SMs enabled. How about how about fourteen, Math Wizard? Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Fourteen. What's <laughs> 80, 80 minus minus sixty six? <laughs> it's right there on the screen. All right, forget, that. forget that, it. Is. That's going to get cut. For instance, that is absolutely right going to get that, cut. That. Okay, we'll just forget about and all I'm that. I'm going to get fired. No. <laughs> so it has it has fewer things enabled, namely SM units. What is that? Sm. Streaming multiprocessor? Yes. Okay. Clock speeds are a little bit higher to help alleviate that disparity. And you have fewer Tensor and RT cores, but actually it is a boost in Tensor and RT over the old TI, missing from this chart because of incompetence. Mm. Same memory system as the 4080. That's the big deal. So let's just pretend that this is almost exactly the same product as the 4070 TI, except for the memory, which goes up to 16 gigabytes of the same type and speed as the 4080, 256-bit yeah. interface, 22.4 gigabit per second effective memory data rate for a 716 gigabyte per second bandwidth.
0: And if your chart is accurate at all, okay, I assume it is. That's actually is. the 4080 Ti column, I believe, or, not, or sorry, the 4080 Super column, I believe. That's what you had there. Yeah, 4080 oh, Super. It is. So what it's not I only doing? the same as the 4080; it's the 4080 Super.
1: You're yeah. right, because I replaced the 4080 with the Super, because they replaced the 4080 with the Super. I need to make better yeah. charts. So the 4070 Ti Super is here. You can buy it, and we looked at performance a little bit here. And just let's just look at a couple let's. graphs. Industry standard benchmark, 3D Mark Speedway. This is the DirectX 12 Ultimate benchmark, very heavy on you know ray tracing, rendered at 2560 by 1440. The Ti Super is ahead of the 4070 Ti by quite a bit. It goes from 5,423 points with the original Ti to 6,396 points with the Ti Super. By the way, a very easy way to read these scores, uh, the Speedway score is simply the frame rate without a decimal point. So a score of 5,423 means it was averaging 54.23 frames per second during the test. The Ti Super was averaging 63.96. This is behind a 4080 by quite a bit, which does 71 and a half in this same test. So uh, I think you could just call it right there. If it's DX12 Ultimate, that's about where these cards are going to fall in a, in a raster test like Time Spy Extreme. The TI Super is still ahead of the TI, actually, by a couple of hundred points here almost, but it's quite a ways behind the 4080, which is at 14,000 points. The TI Super is only at 12,100. So it's it's not going to uh, come anywhere near the 4080. I was hoping, I was thinking, you know, it, hasn't, it doesn't have that many SMs disabled, maybe with some boosted clock speeds. No, not even close. Of the tests I ran, the TI Super was within about 13% of the 4080 overall, depending on the test, some more, some less. And uh, around 9% faster than the 4070 Ti overall in my uh, brief testing with this card. So, same price, around 9% better performance. I can't really complain about an upgrade that doesn't involve any additional money. I mean,
3: I think think we were kind of uh, not so much led astray, but uh, giving some overly... Positive leaks about how fast these cards were going to be. And uh, a lot of people thought that this, you know, 4070 Ti Super with 16 gigs was going to be, and this, and me, I I thought so as well, I thought it was going to be the sweet spot that it's going to be damn near 4080 performance, but $400 cheaper. And the uh, 4080 Super would be, you know, up above the 4080 for $200 less. And we kind of were going into this thinking that and being somewhat excited and looking forward to it. And, and uh, yeah, it um, wasn't nearly as fast as, as we had hoped. I mean a 9% gain over the 4070 TI is it's nice, but it's not getting people to beat down the doors of, of micro center kind of nice. Um, there have been rumors that this is going to be the least shipped card because of the price point, as well as the amount of product that is still out there with the 4070 Ti that, you know, we'd have this initial batch. They would probably be sold out quickly, and then we won't see more stuff until a March timeline. And uh, so far, new eggs still got it. Amazon still got it. They have not. Sold, and so I, I think people have been kind of run over, you know, run roughshod. Let's say for the past four years, um, we look at you know the the 2000 series from Nvidia. You know what well, they they were kind of reasonably priced. I mean, a 2080 was 600 bucks, right? A 2070 was in the 400s. 2060 would would be high 300s. Um, and this is what we were kind of used to. And then the 3000 series came and we had COVID and we had, um, the, uh, the scabby people who, you know, bought up all the cards and then, what do you call those? Why can't I think of it? The ticket scalpers, scalpers. Yeah. Uh, so we had scalpers, we had COVID. We, we, we had mining. uh, Are you forgetting
1: about that whole, like, Oh no, I was just about to say that mining
3: was, was also a big thing. And, and uh you know, I've I've had my thirty eighty for almost four years now. Uh well three and a half. And I haven't upgraded because one, um the only upgrade that I would really consider would be something in the forty eighty realm that that would seem, you know, a reasonable, but at twelve hundred bucks it wasn't reasonable. And uh at a thousand bucks I still just don't I just don't like it. I mean, eight hundred bucks would be my, you know, absolute top, which is around what I paid for the thirty eighty back in the day. And yeah, I think people are just still not pleased. And and uh, you know, the seventy eight hundred XT has been a great card. The six thousand series from AMD have been great. Um, their new software that just came out today—I don't know if we're going to talk about that here a little bit yeah, later. I put, I put it on the list. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so I mean that's another big selling point, and uh, you know while they're they're slowly gaining some market share, uh, I think people who you know are looking for an upgrade from the old you know 1080 or a 1070 or, or even the 900 series, uh, they're probably looking more at a 5800 uh, no a 7800 XT or a 7900 XT uh, because those are pretty compelling parts for uh, the price. And again, the software side just keeps getting better and better for AMD. You gotta give some props to NVIDIA for kind of changing course a little bit and refreshing the stuff and, and making the value proposition a little bit better. And, you know, at a thousand bucks, sure, the 4080 Super is gonna be probably a faster card than the 4080 FE. I mean, we're pretty sure of it. Um it just is yeah and and, and to your point in the uh the 4060ti 16 just kind of disappearing that's that's kind of fascinating um i i'm guessing that that thing just really didn't sell at $500 uh, especially when you've got a 7700xt 7, at 449 <laughs> and then the uh 5800xt with just as much memory but a lot more performance
1: What is a a 5800 XT?
3: I'm sorry. I keep thinking about my AM5, AM4, the 7800 XT. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm old and my brain doesn't work like it used to.
1: On the subject of the 4070 Ti Super, there were some reviews out there that did not show the same kind of gains that I was seeing. Some others were seeing. turns out that MSI, and quite a few people ended up with MSI samples. Oopsie. Their cards underperformed, and measurably so. And MSI has issued an apology. This is a story at PC Gamer from 11 hours ago. MSI apologizes and releases new BIOS files for its slow RTX 4070 Ti Super GPUs. It has actually It's going to
2: have to be an overclocked BIOS to be able to make it back.
1: I don't know what the deal was. Was it a power or a frequency thing? They have a post at uh, MSI.com. In their news section, they actually made a press release out of this. And direct links to the BIOS updates that you need. Oh, this one's a BeSo update, though. So, I don't know. That's different. This update is designed to elevate the overall performance of the graphics card to be in line with our expectations. Our team is devoted to upholding stringent standards in product development and user experience. And we understand the importance of delivering dependable products. <clears throat> They, after a deep investigation, their R&D department discovered that the graphics card Ventus 3X, I believe it's probably the one that was sampled to yep. various reviewers, did not deliver its full potential. So, hmm.
0: The driver guy had to stay late that day. Firmware guy.
1: Here is the current picture of the TI Super on Newegg, by the way. And unsurprisingly, cards oh, are that's too plentiful. Much. Here's uh, mm. oh, an MSI nine forty nine for the ROG Strix. Seriously,
3: yeah, yeah they're oh, they're really proud of those uh, those kind of fancy <laughs> shrouded are. big card. Yeah.
0: yeah, they always have been. Does well, they have I, else? I, uh, the one
3: thing I think that we're going to see is you know we we've had some sales on the uh, the RX 790, 7900 XT and. uh, I think those sales are going to expire and they're going to be back up at 749 and above because they have an advantage in pure raster performance. And, you know, yeah, if you throw heavy duty RT effects at it, they're going to fall down some, but still it's, you got 20 gigs of memory. It's a relatively efficient card. Uh, Again, driver support and, the extras that they're doing with the Hyper X, or Hyper RX, can't remember, um, and fluid motion frames, all of that stuff, FSR two, FSR three,
1: all of these hey, things kind of come into hey, play. To Josh, if you want to talk about AMD, let's just switch over hey, and talk about your launch review for the Radeon RX seventy six hundred XT. You know, yours
3: was the launch review because I'm slow.
1: I I, <laughs> I guess if. If I had stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning, yours would have been the launch review. Nah, well, you shouldn't do such things. No, I couldn't. Um, but I
3: you did a really nice job in, in formatting the article, and it looks very, very nice. So thank you very
1: much. Oh, you're welcome, Josh. It only took about four mm. hours, so it's fine. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, it took four hours. Okay. So XFX got a hold of us, and uh, they sent us the
3: RX 7600 XC 16 gig Uh, They call theirs the XFX Speedster Kick 309. Yes, it has three fans that are 90 millimeters in size. So this is not a new chip. I'd originally thought that perhaps uh, this would be a cut down Navi 32, but no, it's the the Navi 33, the same as the RX 7600 that was released, uh, what, eight, nine, ten months ago? Um, they've increased the clock speed of it, the, you know, uh, base game and boost clocks, uh, they gave it 16 gigs of memory. It's still the 128 bit memory bus, and it's running at the same speed. So the only gains that we're going to see are, uh, just from, you know, pure clock speed alone, as well as having a larger pool of memory for applications, which will actually use that. And uh, quite a few of my tests had stuff that, that would easily go over the eight and 10 gig, uh, sizes. And, um, this is a $349 card, by the way, which is a $20 premium. So something to think about is if they just take into account the memory going from eight gigs to 16 gigs, and going from 269 to 329, that's essentially just the price of the memory. They're not, they're not bundling in uh, any extra margins there. I mean, that's just essentially the bill of materials that we're seeing. And so, they kind of had to do that because of the place where you know the industry is at. Um, they can't charge 400 for this because it just simply will not perform well against a uh, 4060 ti uh yeah 4060 ti and stuff that um will actually you know fit in that eight gigs of memory there and plus it's another 50 dollars closer to the much more higher performing 7700 xt so um they're kind of been a in uh, a hard place but the uh, card that xfs gave us is actually pretty big i mean it's it's a reasonable size thing. It's about an inch smaller than the 7,700 XT, which itself was about a quarter inch shorter than the old 6,800 XT that, uh, the Merc three nineteen. that was a fantastic card for many, many, many years. Um, three fans, plenty of cooling stayed extremely cool throughout. I think it saw a max of 63, 64 degrees. And that was with the, they, they said it with, a older bios that that pulled 333 watts at load and they sent me a new one and luckily i have both of these loaded on here because there's a little switch back and forth with two bios it's nice um even at 333 watts and that's total system power uh it it was never going above 64 degrees celsius celsius and uh and it never got loud I mean, just these three fans were plenty enough, and, and it's a huge heatsink for something this size. Um, it's a good performer. It performs just slightly under, in most things, a 6700 XT, which, you know, is an older card. Uh, it's faster than an a770. It's faster than the old RTX 3060, and it very much was kind of on par with the uh, RTX 3060 Ti. And especially when you've gotten to things like far cry six, which would go over 10 to 12 gigs of, uh, used memory. It would quite simply spank it because that other older, you know, supposedly faster card just had eight gigs. Um, what other options are, are interesting? Uh, it, it, you know, it underperformed the 6700 XT, uh, especially at higher resolutions. Um, that's kind of a, a hard thing for AMD to, to take because there's still plenty of 6700 XTs. I don't know how long those are gonna last, but it's still a very good option uh, for for users, uh, unless they want the full 16 gigs of memory. Uh, the only thing that really kind of sticks out is, and the latest adrenaline they have released, You know, not just the fluid motion frames, but all kinds of other little technologies, and you can enable kind of a one-stop shop. I think it's called Hyper RX. I should look that up, but I'm not going to. Uh, That is only on RDNA3-based cards. Uh, You can still enable fluid motion frames and some of these other things through the driver, but it's not kind of that one-stop shop of just enabling all the the Hyper uh, technologies at once in in the adrenaline uh, control panel. So it was a solid card. Uh, it had some serious gains over the, uh, 4,600 just standard. It's probably five to 7% better, uh, higher, of course, when you're utilizing games, which will utilize the 16 gigs of uh, memory. But you know, XFX makes a, a pretty mean card, um, performed well, super quiet, very cool, I, I and then plus with the, the new BIOS, it went from 333 watts at the uh at the plug down to what 289 and it did not really lose very much performance at all, like half a frame in most of the games that I that I tested. Uh so if you want a cooler, quieter card, um, and I think that they said that all shipping models should have this new BIOS in there that, uh, the review samples did not. Um, you can get these at uh, new egg right now at uh, 349 bucks. Um, but yeah, I think that it's going to have some reasonable legs. It has good overall performance. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of stuck in this place where under $400, um, you've got a bunch of different cards all clashing together. And, and when you think of how much money it costs to get a, a cutting edge wafer um, processed, it's it's $24,000 per wafer around, and it takes about six months to do that. And so it's not only a huge investment, but you're hoping that you get the numbers right uh, six months in advance when you're finally gonna get these products. One other thing that I, I kind of wanted to talk about that I found interesting, um, So Navi 33 is about 13.3 billion transistors. The AD106, which powers the 4060 and 4060 Ti, is about 23 billion transistors. And it's in their NVIDIA four nanometer process, which is a tweaked five nanometer from TSMC. Um, But what kind of was amazing to me as well is that the uh, the Intel uh, A770, uh, is is around twenty two billion transistors and uh, it you know performs okay and i think they just had a release of a new driver this week that has increased dx eleven and dx twelve performance by about twenty percent in some titles uh, it's just mm-hmm. unfortunately yes. they didn't get uh they didn't get that to us a little sooner <clears throat> for this but
1: yeah you, you do have
3: some options under three hundred and fifty dollars for your uh your gpu needs
1: yes thank you josh and just to beat this uh a little bit more we also looked at a sapphire card it's the pulse i just want to show you the card as usual these sapphire pulse cards are kind of understated they have big fans very cool if you look at this exploded view of the card you can see all of these different components that go into it it has a backplate. this is a msrp card this is a list 329 card so just just look at far cry 6 and i tested different settings perhaps although maybe did you do high or ultra i did ultra with uh, dxr DXR. okay yeah so at 1080 high with hd textures enabled the frame consistency here if you look at the one percent lows with the original 7600 you have more than doubled one percent lows with this new 16 gigabyte card. So that's the difference in a game like this that will exceed eight gigabytes. You're not going out to system RAM anymore and slowing everything down. It went from 44.9 1% lows to 94 and a half frames per second. And then the average overall went up quite a bit too, from 141 to 156. It's faster core clocks and it's boosting 2800 plus almost all the time with a really good cooler like this. So it's, it's very impressive to see the same GPU giving you this much more performance in, of course, a situation where, you know, you're VRAM bound in a game like Cyberpunk that doesn't exceed it at these settings. It's only a small gain of about five frames per second in this particular test and 80 high again. But yeah, it's, it, it was consistently showing gains for me as well with a totally different test setup than Josh. And it's, it's really down to those clocks being higher. The one instance where it didn't make any sense was Metro Exodus. It didn't matter if it was the original or the enhanced edition. Enhanced edition was actually better. It's an effective tie. We're, we're less than a frame per second off here, but for some reason, the original was actually outperforming it by like you know, 0.6-something frames per second. I think I need to retest that reference card. We may have a little bit of a hot BIOS on our hands with that first card. Oh,
0: but. again. Mm. I think the question... So, with- that it's sort of obvious for for both of you is is 6700 XT or 7600 XT for raster players especially if they're looking to stay AMD or looking maybe to move to a mid-priced AMD card or a well-positioned AMD card. This is a this is kind of the question right now. Best yeah. price Micro Center I'm looking at is about 339 right now. So that's probably one of Can the best new prices you're going to get on a 6700 XT, which is a 10-20 higher than your MSRP Sapphire card.
2: I, I'm curious if uh, okay. the extra memory on that is going to make us FSR 3.0 a little more effective.
0: It's 12 versus 16. That's a good point.
2: Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, I don't know. it does perform better at 4K, but you've got to pick your game or it's going to be awful because, I'm sorry, it's it's not a GPU for 4K gaming. No. Unless you upscale, in which mm-hmm. case, right, hey, right. the extra uh, uh, four gigabytes of RAM is probably actually going to help your performance.
3: This was a very comfortable card to game with on a, on a 1440 monitor. Absolutely. Um,
2: yeah,
3: it, it, I had no problems with that. I mean, they, they say this is the ultimate 1080, you know, card, and it's not exactly the ultimate 1080 card, but it's a very good card at 1080. And, uh, with the, uh, the original BIOS and some tweaking, I mean, this was boosting at 3 gigahertz. I mean, have we, have we seen
1: GPUs hit 3 gigahertz well, consistently? Well, uh, RDNA 3 was architected for 3 gigahertz. Just so you know. <laughs> was oh, slides. well, thank you. <clears throat> yep. Back to the Sapphire card briefly. Uh, efficiency with this card. I did not have extra uh, VBIOS files to play with. The one that it shipped with, it was exceeding 200 watts a lot. A single pass of 3 uh, d Mark Speedway, for example, where it was hitting as high as 231.5 watts during this test. That's just the card. That's just directly measuring PCI Express and slot power. So it is, it is not a very efficient card, and it is not an efficient architecture this time around from AMD. As we consistently have seen, the cards that seem to do the best... Are the lower-end NVIDIA cards, like the 4060, 4060 Ti, actually are very efficient. Uh, the uh, RDNA 3 stuff, not so much. But it, who cares, right? Who cares that it has two 8-pin power connectors for 1080 high gaming? I guess they say 1080 <laughs> Ultra.
3: That's Yeah, that's, that's kind of nuts. I mean, if you think about it, uh, what, that's uh, 150, 150, and 75. It's potentially yeah. 375 watts of power being delivered to your car, uh, to your card, your card uh, through uh, the, the, the BEG slot, and then those two and those two power connectors. Um, that's kind of nuts for a
1: card like if this. It looks of it, it likes it. It does. It does. Let's let's forget about new hardware. All we need is new software, and for the first time in 2024, AMD has actually released. Graphics drivers, believe it or not, we were on graphics drivers from I like December. I'm seeing it 4th, right now. Why? December last year. Last year, Jeez. yeah I was retesting graphics cards in preparation for a review a few days ago on graphics drivers from December. And of course, now that I'm done testing, we have new drivers that you know offer better performance. We'll talk about Intel soon, but AMD software 24.1.1. Fluid motion frames are here, and it's not exclusive to the 7,000 series. It's 7,000 series. It's 6,000 series. It's uh, some mobile GPUs. 6,000
2: series.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if if you are already uh, rocking a 6,000 series card, you don't need to upgrade your hardware. Just start uh, fluid motion frames.
0: Can we get back to the 6700 XT discussion again real quick? No, just kidding. (laughs) No, I
1: I, I have an opinion about this. Josh and I were, you know, gently disagreeing on this point leading up to our reviews. I don't think there's any question you buy the 6700 XT, period. There's no significant advantage to the 7600 XT. It, It has four more gigabytes of memory, but it's too weak of a GPU to really make use of it. So... You get more memory bandwidth and better overall performance from the 6700 XT, unless there's some outliers out there where it's the opposite. But in my testing and some of the other stuff that I have seen, I know I, I watched uh, Steve's review this morning from Gamers Nexus on uh, and on all of his charts all 6700 three hours of 6700 XT. It's only 27, <laughs> 28 minutes. But all, in almost every test, the 6700 XT was. A ways ahead of it there was at least one where it would, they were very close but it always beat out the 7600 xt so if they both can make use of fluid motion frames and the latest uh fsr technology then i don't see why you would upgrade to a card with less memory bandwidth but that's yeah. just me yeah if you had a 6700 xt
3: they you'd would be foolish to upgrade to a seventy-six. This is not an upgrade sets. path. That's not an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now if if you had a, uh,
1: you know, had uh, about an RX five eighty, yeah, then okay, need to sure, yeah, yourself. The seventy-six hundred is an upgrade from an RX five eighty, a big one. It is <laughs> huge yeah. for two sixty-nine. Yep. Okay. Speaking of upgrades and very little money, if you own an Arc graphics card, and you're looking and for more performance just wait a little while because they keep delivering more and more performance from these updates. It's not just, oh, it supports a new game. No, it's how about 30% FPS improvement for DX11 games? Again! Not every game. They actually have a a breakdown that shows what the performance improvement is. This is uh, versus driver version 31.0.101.5085. That was the last one I
3: tested this last
1: week, so yeah. Let's just look at some examples here. Elder Scrolls Online, 10% uplift at 4K Ultra. uh, Returnal, so DX12 title, up to 8% uplift at 1080 Epic settings. Star Citizen, that's on here. Uh, The Last of Us Part 1, 8% at 1080 Ultra. Watch Dogs Legion, it's a DX11 title. 16% uplift at 1080 Ultra.
2: XCOM so, 2, where definitely frame rates are important.
1: Uh, well, 4%. Yes. 4%. Better. But the, the point is, it's better. They keep improving their ARC graphics, but just uh, driver updates. No clock speed increases, unless the driver is telling it to clock higher. I don't know how that works, but I think that the optimizations, the uh, shader compilers other things that I don't really know anything about they're getting better for zero dollars yeah I mean if you like
3: as we said it's a six nanometer part 420 400 and some odd you know low millimeter square I mean it's a big it's a big chip it's as big as the uh, as the ad 103 which powers the uh the 4080 and now the 4070 Ti Super. Um and it's, you know, comprised of 22.6 billion transistors. There's a lot of tensor cores in there. There's a lot of, you know, Intel's RT cores. I mean, stuff that AMD does not have just because of the different architectures. They have a lot of work to do on software. And if they can ever get that up, then this should be, in theory, uh, performing around, you know, like a a 7700 XT. So maybe, um, maybe a year from now, we'll finally see the drivers being, uh, you know, given these cards, that kind of performance, but by then, you know, the battle mage will be out and hopefully Intel will have learned some very, very tough lessons and and some good lessons about uh, how to actually design a, a standalone GPU
1: move over (laughs) ti super behold the rtx remaster beta or beta or beta or however you choose to pronounce that if you haven't seen it the rtx remaster you can ray trace old games you can make them look like you know like quake rtx kind of i don't know if it would look that good but
2: well not if you just push the button if you put some time into it then uh (laughs) It's literally what they use to do the uh, Portal Remaster and the, the Quake Remaster, and they've opened it up so that you can actually play with it. And it's focused towards DX8 and nine games right now. NVIDIA is working on more modern, but for now, what it does is make your old game look like you honestly remember it looking. It's, it's quite interesting, and yeah. Like the Half-Life 2 RTX, they spent a whole bunch of time redoing assets. They retextured the gravity gun. Whoa. But just the general look of it is insane. It looks like what I remember Half-Life 2 looking like back in the day when we were first doing a dynamic, uh, what did they call it, Uh, in the the 2.5 where the lights changed how you could see we could walk out of a dark spot into a light spot and everything would slowly be back. But yeah, it just really, if yeah. we could do a bunch of these old games with the push of a button
0: and a bit of work. Right. Yeah. Right. Ravenhold is somehow slightly, it. slightly creepier, slightly even more disturbing yeah. in this, uh, with RTX on. So you can grab it. Anyone can give it a shot and,
2: uh, hit the, uh, enhance button on your nostalgia.
1: All right, let's move to our favorite segment, uh, everyone's favorite segment, In security Corner, formerly Security Corner. Here's a story from Ars Technica, hacked again. Microsoft network breached through password spraying by Russia state hackers.
2: And it was just a shotgun attack, more or less. It was kind of embarrassing that all they did was just constantly bash away and bash away and managed to get in uh, an undisclosed amount of time ago, but they never even noticed it until the last
0: two weeks ago.
2: Yeah. The 12th. Yeah. So God only knows how long they've been sitting in there playing around.
0: And they were on a, they were on a mail server with all kinds of things that were flowing through it. And it was just unbelievable that they didn't 2FA, this particular admin account on this particular machine. Well, they probably didn't have per- turned it off because it was annoying. Uh, security is always inversely proportional to convenience. That yep. is the unfortunate rule. It's a teeter totter, uh, but yeah, it is definitely a teeter totter. So this looks like it was uh, Russians that uh, they've their the headline issues. looks like uh, it was, they sprayed and prayed and managed to get in, as you were saying, and uh, have been in there potentially for many weeks. Accessing many many Microsoft critical secret emails and things like that.
1: Yeah, corporate secrets exfiltrated, and possibly
0: government secrets as
1: well. Uh, have yeah. we talked about Pixie fail already? Is this the UEFI? I image think we did issue. Yeah, I think we uh, did that last week because I motherboard vendors are starting to patch it. I noticed that. I was looking through a list yes. of updates for an Azrock board today. And I saw they had a version
0: okay. with, the I UEFI. saw that there's a few of the logo ones that are coming out now. Yeah. Logo fail, but, pixie fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But okay, yeah, just yeah. as a, a public service announcement, if you have a motherboard and if you're watching the show, you probably do check for a BIOS update and do it now or well after the show anyways, because yeah, yeah that logo, uh, or sorry, the file, Produces the logo when you boot up is uh, a great way to infect your motherboard permanently.
1: In a follow-up to a previous story on the PC Perspective podcast, Ivanti
0: Zero Days. Two things have gone on now. It is okay. wildly being exploited uh, in in the in the wild right now. It it, it is vigorously being exploited in the wild right now, I should say. Many thousands of VPN endpoints are now officially infected by this. But here is the unfortunate uh, knife twist to the gut. Avanti has uh, issued a mitigation scenario, and that is the um, the second link in there. And the, the unfortunate side effect of applying the mitigation scenario is that you can get um, some manual edits onto the device that uh, keeps your endpoint from being hacked. Unfortunately, if you're in the habit of pushing configs or updating the configs on your devices through a lot of well-supported mechanisms that they have, you will undo the mitigation. So if you've done the mitigation and then pushed configs, you have just made yourself hackable again. This is just a horrible, horrible thing.
2: The, the quote is customers should stop pushing configurations to appliances with the XML in place and do not resume pushing configurations until the appliance is patched. And this was until this there's an official
0: patch. Yeah. So, and that's, I turn think it one of the reasons don't, don't play with it, just <laughs> turn it off and wait. I think this is one of the reasons why we're seeing so many um, exploits in the wild of this one is because even though the mitigation scenario has been published by Avante and a lot of maybe sysadmins are putting it in place, they didn't actually tell them, oh, yeah, don't push a new config. And there's any number of reasons you may push a new config to your firewall or to your VPN. So like you have a new user, oh, I've had a new user, new uh, employees come on and let's push out a new config to give them their login or, or their shared secret or whatever. Boom! You've just undone the mitigation. So there's many legitimate scenarios that are going to bite these uh, users in the butt. I mean, maybe they can't turn it off, Jeremy. I mean, that's that's the right approach. Isn't that the right approach to everything? Just turn it off and unplug it. That's the only way to be sure. It's only to be safe. Don't hey, it's just VPN gateway. No one uses it, anyways, right? (laughs) (laughs) This another one of those another one of those uh, weird things is like uh, it's it's security appliance. And it is extremely hacked right now. It is well and truly owned. Welcome to 2024.
2: Hey, let's talk about Apple. Yeah. You know, the the secure system that totally never gets hacked. I
0: got accused a week or so ago of, oh, you never include any Mac, uh, you know, problems or, or malware or, well, they're suppressed or by a certain <laughs> member of our, our staff. So, you know, we don't talk about them on this show very often. One, number one, I'm not sure that the interest is always there. Maybe it's one of those train wreck car wreck sort of things where people really like to drive by this one and point and laugh, you know, if people do that sort of thing, or at least they just like to see that the Mac OS is also having an accident on the highway on the you know highway, uh, internet. Anyway, the point here is, is that macOS apps, if you're silly enough to download a cracked app for your Mac, you probably deserve what happens to you next. Oh, so come
1: on. So what's happening? That's spoken
0: like a true <laughs> Apple apologist. <laughs> well,
2: macOS no, it's just that he been... feels that Apple should be draining your wallet, not the hackers.
1: Hey, that's why Apple just instituted a new um, thing in iOS 17.3 to protect oh, yeah, you and update. your money. In the yep. case
0: of an iPhone being lost or stolen, right, Brett? We're not talking about that. Now wait. Now wait a minute. We're not going to talk about that. No, no, we're not going to talk about that. The other thing, this is an anniversary. So today is, uh, or uh, roughly today is a is a 40th or so anniversary of the of the Mac. So that's the other reason this is here. I'm ignoring you right now. What? The other reason this is what, here. Why, why don't we just talk about <laughs> yeah. that then? Like, I
1: could go grab a Macintosh not, from over right. here on this other shelf and just like, hey, the Macintosh. 1984. Yeah, don't let Mike 1984 be like 1984. We can throw a Josh can oh, wear a pair of running shorts and a tight white uh, shirt and, and throw spin around uh, a, a, uh, the uh, hammer into a screen. Scruple. Yeah, Chi- but I don't, I don't, Day. I don't jiggle that nicely. Sorry, anymore. Chiat Day right. is on the phone. Josh, hold on just a second. <laughs> yes, he is available. No, he works yes. for very yes. cheaply. Yes, throw him, throw him like a. a
0: gift certificate to his favorite burger restaurant. Mm -hmm. Yep. That'll do just, uh, him burger money. And finally, uh, after being, uh, hacking yourself essentially by giving the malware credentials, it does something fairly clever and it actually downloads a Python on multiple DNS TXT records in order to sort of assemble it live and allows the, the malware actors to, to update that, uh, at well. And after they've installed that, they do things like begin to key log, begin to look for your credentials, uh, log on to a command and control space. Oh, and if you've got any cryptocurrencies and wallets, make sure to uh, steal the creds and passwords and that keys oh, yeah. to that and exfil all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, this is Macintosh gets it, uh, the macOS, I should say. The macOS gets it good and hard on this one uh, as well, using a couple of clever uh, uh, x techniques and um they're not immune. If you are deciding to hack yourself, you can, you can hack your Mac. This is not a Mac from 1984.
1: This is from like 1990 or something. It's a Macintosh classic. Yeah, I, I sold this that. thing forever. This one's actually been upgraded. It has a SCSI hard drive. It has four megabytes Ooh. of memory Ooh. in it. Are we done with, insecurity corner already? I is hope that so. not enough. Yeah. One, okay. Went quick. Went right. quick. Cool. Let's move uh, quickly through gaming quick hits, and first a look at the 400 Mini. So this is not the A500 I picked no, last week. No, it's the,
2: the 400 Mini,
1: so which they can't is very call
2: uncomfortable it, to try and type.
1: They can't call it Atari? Wait, this is from Atari. It is from Atari. Okay, so this is not from that retro company. This is actually no. an Atari-licensed product? Correct. $150.
0: Well, but that's scale. This picture is scale. Okay. Next to yes. the joystick, which is it's I think actual one. size.
2: <laughs> so it's one twenty for the the, the four hundred mini, which comes with twenty five games, and for after thirty bucks you can get the old uh, classic Atari joystick. It
1: should it should come with, with it. the USB
2: A connector. So literally, it's got five connectors on it. You can plug anything you feel like into it. Right, it, you're just paying for the nostalgia because your old one doesn't have it. It also has HDMI out, so you don't have to find your old converter, which is very nice. But I mean, at this price for, and I have to break my rule about never pre-ordering anything. This is US only pre-order, but at that price, it's kind of attractive to be able to play like Mule again. Minor
0: 2049er and Berserk.
2: Yes, it's there. Kill the humanoid. It's there. That's one of the ones loaded on it. Uh, What else was on there? Uh, They didn't give the full list, uh, or at least I didn't really have the time. Berserk, Lee,
1: Millipede, and Star Raiders 2. That stick, by the way, is sold out. You can't buy it. You can pre-order the console and use your own stick, but apparently that was just too popular. Yeah,
2: they, they set it up. So it'll use a gamepad a joystick, uh, whatever the hell you want to plug in via USB. So I don't know, it's, it's using a, an all winner h3 processor inside, which I'm not familiar with, but apparently is uh, you'll never believe it arm based 256 megs RAM 128 megabytes of flash storage on board. If you can properly format uh, a USB stick, you can load your own eight bit games onto it.
0: That's the key, yes, to the success. I did note that it was compatible to games all the way through the um, one of the more advanced eight bit consoles, the fifty two hundred. Yes, one yes. would hope that a modern ARM processor would be able to emulate an
1: eight bit computer successfully. <laughs> <laughs> when it has two hundred and thirty six, was that megabytes of memory? Yeah, okay, that's, it's more. Just yeah, think well, that. yeah, that's, I mean, that's where Activision Activision got their start
3: by by breaking into the Atari monopoly.
2: Yes, they sure did. Now there's two things that purists are gonna hate. Okay. You're allowed to save your games and it's got a 30 second rewind feature where when you totally screw up that game and you just died, well, you can hit a button and apparently rewind the game 30 seconds and try again. So you don't have to sit down there for eight hours to try and beat the game because that's your only choice. Because when you turn it off, well, you're back at the beginning again. I don't know, I'm tempted, but I'm Canadian, so they won't ship it up here.
1: They're saving you from yourself. Because if you can't get the Mm. fancy replica controller, just buy yourself a 3D printed case for your Raspberry Pi and just do that. And just do is, the exact yeah. I could really do thing. that. Yeah. All right, uh, that's it for gaming quick hit this week because the only other story on here was uh, already covered last week. It was the whole Ubisoft. Yes, size. that was definitely get covered comfortable last with week. not owning your game. Ubisoft just, says. Let's move to picks of the week. Josh, please get us started. Tired of
3: all these aquarium
1: cases.
3: Let's. Let's go back to something more pure, something thoughtful, something spacious. You can mount it's things like three and a quarter inch. No, five five and a quarter inch drives. I've been looking at this Phanteks Enthu for a while. And I may have to just pull it. 99 bucks, 100 bucks after all the rebates Ooh. and said and done. And, and look at those four beautiful five and a quarter inch bay right there. Ooh. Yeah, Gosh, yeah, it's tempting. It's nice and large and no RGB. Just the one plexiglass side panel. Isn't I mean, there an it's option?
0: Isn't there an, is an option retro. for no, no, no plexi panel on this? That you probably, you I mean, you could maybe get that, but yeah. The purest.
2: Yes, I mean, uh, there the is grooming, a black closed panel.
3: Solid Perfect. case. That, you know, even got USB-C in there. 3.0,
1: USB-C, audio. Clumber. They're hiding yeah. it under one of those five and a quarter inch bays. They are. So it's only three. Yeah. My apologies. <sighs> That's. I feel like you could modify it. Just rip that thing out you probably of there. Throw another DVD-ROM yeah. drive in there.
2: That is a 200 millimeter fan in
1: the front. Is it? This must be a yes, large case. Is. <laughs> this is a big case. It's it's large. It. You
2: can sort of see the fan there.
1: Yep. You no, know, no. I, yeah. I reviewed one of these years ago, and I don't have it anymore because I believe that one went to uh, Tim. I think Tim mm. got that one. I sent it to him. Yeah. Unfortunately, so. I don't have this glorious uh, five and a quarter rich enclosure anymore. Yeah, I've got I've got two drives just sitting there waiting for me to.
3: You know, one of those uh, one of those uh, hybrid uh, HD DVD Blu-ray drives. Oh, that's rare. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm never getting rid of that. Who
1: did that? Was that Pioneer who had those hybrid ones? Oh,
3: and there
0: is top cool LG.
2: Nice. LG.
0: LG. Yeah, it would have been one of the manufacturers that didn't own a license to one or the other. (laughs) Yeah, it's LG. Both. Well, it wouldn't all have right. been Sony, for instance.
1: No, no. I think they <laughs> no. were kind of all went on Blu-ray for some reason. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jeremy, your pick this evening. Uh, well, I was desperate, but then
2: someone suggested that uh, SSD prices might be spiking in the near future. Uh, we never know with flash prices, do we? So, hey, a nice uh, heat sink because you've probably used up all the ones in your motherboard already. And now you're going to add this and you maybe not be able to add this to the bottom of your GPU. But the Crucial T500 is a solid PCI Gen 4 NVMe drive. And it's at a decent price. This is Canadian. It's probably cheaper down in the States.
1: But, oh, just a uh, bit.
2: that is just close to Shrout's Law in Canada, which is not easy to get. You can dump the heat sink and get it for a little bit cheaper. But uh, this one has a, a decent Gen 4 heatsink that doesn't require active cooling and yet still maintains its temperatures. Do you want to see the U.S.? And you can throw in your PS5
1: if you have one. U.S. price, 159 Oh, hey! Still not bad. Oh. Two terabytes Gen 4. The, the T500, it might be the sweet spot in their uh, current lineup. Because the T700, you've got to have a very specific situation to take advantage of the added throughput of a Gen 5 drive at all, you kind of have to have two Gen 5 drives talking to each other, or else you know your bandwidth is limited by your, the. Your slowest. game
2: will load two milliseconds faster with a Gen. Yeah, 5. I guess so. Maybe if you're into proof of stake, maybe then. But
1: I, yeah, you've uh, I don't. The dark I am proud that I have no idea how any of that works, and I'm going to keep it that way. Blissful ignorance. Uh, Brett, do you have a pick this week?
0: You know, I do. I've been, I've been picking a lot of networking gear lately because I'm in the middle of, of really, really a new one. Stuff. You know what? We'll, we'll get to that in a minute here. So okay. my pick here was an SFP based PCIe, either eight X or 16 X card. And I say eight or 16, because it just has the card slot that will only fit in an eight or a 16 re- mostly true. Um, but it needs at least four uh, lanes, four uh, x lanes, in order to do 10, 10 gigabits. But the point here is, is that it's not one of the uh, ten gigabit cards that has a typical Ethernet snap-in uh, connection. Uh, it is uh, has an SFP connection in it, and the reason for this is is because this is destined for a server that is going to be relatively close to some of uh, my switching gear. So what you want to do in that case, uh, is probably not use a transceiver, uh, to get it to Ethernet. typical ethernet cabling is you probably want to use either as pictured, uh, Sebastian showing it with the, the fiber optics, or maybe a, what's called a DAC cable, which is a, a direct copper connection. Um, because they're so much cooler, you know, I didn't really realize how hot the typical ethernet 10 gigabit transceivers actually did run. And when you put a couple of them next to each other in a switch, holy crap, does that stuff heat up? So if you can run only a handful of those, as you probably have cabling running through your business or your office or your home or wherever you're, you're running 10 gigabit out to, yet that's probably going to be over typical Ethernet connections. You probably want to limit the number of transceivers you're putting in your switch gear. So if you have a, a, a server... Uh, or other gear that's located close to your switching you probably want to use fiber or, or a DAC cable and that's what this is for now, i did get one right here it is uh the one that uh, i've recommended however uh i did click through and and connect to one that uh is not from one of our uh, particularly favorite manufacturers although this this is a preferred manufacturer that we we typically recommend i'm not going to say it
1: not a sponsor but, you know, a, a fan That's favorite. Awesome. Could
0: be a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Excellent. You can buy them from like Giga Plus or or this company.
1: Moving away from that topic, my pick this week, and I mentioned this, I think, before we began the show, but my household has been uh, embroiled. Is that the right word? We have been struck by turtle mania here in 2024. It's like it's the 1980s all over again, but my son wasn't alive in the 1980s. So he's super into TMNT right now and not the modern stuff because there was a new mutant mayhem movie. That's what introduced him to it. But then he was like, what about the classic stuff? So I showed him the old cartoon from the 80s, but that's not as far back as this goes because you may not know this, you probably do, but you may not know that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was never conceived as some kid's. Licensed property where they were going to make a TV you show. You were not
2: letting him read the old black and white comics.
1: Yes, in fact, I bought this for him. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimate Collection Volume One. This is not new. This was published in November of 2017. It is the original black and white. I think it's the first seven oh issues.
2: Well, if the he color. thinks I'm Raph, I'm a little lot happier now because Raph the, back the, then was yes. something else.
1: This is this is you know the the origin. It's it's gritty. It's dark it's extremely violent it's it's all in black and white and the shading the way they did the the, oh it's gorgeous the the artwork is just fantastic Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman Eastman came up with the idea they went back and forth this is in 1984 I had no idea that I I kind of figured it out when I saw the last Ronin stuff in the comic book store that's that's the sort of Eastman take on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles it's it's dark it's gritty it's uh not necessarily kid friendly like the 1980s TV show but no. uh you know if you're okay with your child seeing comic blood in black and white i mean but also you can get the color collection which i also got him so he has <laughs> his he has his choice of the color or the original black and white the black and white looks a little bit better i think because of the uh, the subtlety of the shading now he has been layered as i have learned through countless youtube videos and documentaries that we have watched together now uh, they had a unique approach at the beginning anyway before they her falling out and stopped doing it together but they passed the page back and forth and both of them did the pencil work the inking the shading the mm-hmm. lettering all of it was just it had their dna all over the page they didn't have one dedicated person doing inking you know they weren't doing any color yeah, It's it's just It's a unique property in the history of uh, Comics so That's going to do it for this week's Episode of the PC Perspective Podcast We want to thank you for listening, watching uh, You know Bearing with us as we Licking the screen on occasion you know? Maybe, if you're into that Yeah Dozens of people probably are <laughs> Around the world I was looking at demographics Earlier today and uh, we have broad reach. There are people watching this in countries
0: all around the globe. True. You can't even um, pronounce some of those countries. Yeah.
2: Well, like Paris. Like Paris. Like,
0: it's like four <laughs> in the morning there. Five in the morning. But uh, well, maybe not the live version. Is,
1: maybe they're not white li- watching live.
0: Your, your heat has come on. I. I yep, I, it I, has.
1: It took all the way until the very end for the furnace to come on. Um. So. That's probably a good good cue to just stop.
3: You know, if you like video cards, you're gonna be mad. Why? Because it sucks. Maybe one day it'll get better, but not today. Maybe soon, or not, I don't know. But that ship has passed, or sailed, or somewhere. So save your pennies, because there's no going back. And with that very positive
2: note, We wish you a good night.